Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hello, hello. Good evening. <laughs> yeah, but we're not going that route. Because it's a new year. We're going to be like uh, fantabulistically. Happy. Yeah. Ellen Patterson of the O'Kellen clan, along with Delaray Flash Acarabas. Of the other Carabas. So don't get no Carabas. Of the other Carabas. Yeah. Hello, hello. And we hello. are. We are. The youth of the nation. No, no, that's too much. We are Faisal P. Real Talk. And Midwest with the Muscle. And this program is sponsored by Faisal P. Muscle. I just love saying it. Sponsored. Yeah. But anyhow. The number one for free foundation in the world. <laughs> and if you are a drug-free athlete, uh, not the legal prescriptions, not enhancers or growth hormones. Come on, people. Oh, my gosh, they gave it to me. So it makes it natural, right? No, it makes it legal. Not natural. But anywho... If you are looking for a solid foundation to stand on, not in rollerblades or ice skates, but with both feet securely to the ground, and a vehicle to drive your goals, like what is it? Like a Mack truck, not a Maserati or a BMW, but a Mack truck <laughs> through ice cream. Hey, don't not Don't <laughs> not BMWs. Chocolate Squirrel, never forget. Check us out Chocolate. at eatmuscle.com <laughs> and now at Chanta with a Banta. Hello, Desiree. Hello. Hello, Kaylin. Hey, Kaylin. Hey, Kaylin. Hey. Hey, Kaylin. Hey. Guess what? I have, hey. a, I have a joke for you. Are you ready? I got to hear. I'm ready. <laughs> Why did the donut visit the dentist? I do not know. <laughs> he needed a chocolate filling. <laughs> that made me snickerdoodle. Ah. <laughs> Woo! We got him all in there tonight, folks. 2019, and as Kaylin said, we are focusing on being happy tonight. Maybe, maybe a little too happy. Maybe we need to tone that down. Oh, what the heck with it. We're going to be as happy as we want to be. And we suggest that you do the same. Get out there. Smile. Hug somebody. Well, at least you know somebody you know. You might get thrown in jail if you try hugging somebody that you don't. (laughs) But, you know, share a little happiness in the world with your neighbor and, uh, and see what happens. You know, you might be pleasantly surprised. Hold on. Hold on. We're not even into the show, and we got one question from Jacqueline. Hey, oh, what's okay. up with Desiree's uh, profile page? What's up with my profile page? What do you mean, Jacqueline? What are you looking at? Profile picture. My pro- picture. My profile picture? Well, let me tell you. Um, what? That is a fun, a fun, fun, fun picture um, the gal that you see in the photo with me, she was actually on our show. That's Joy Fisher, and she is a figure competitor. And we were working on a uh, a little film project. There's a little film competition in Des Moines, and it's called the 24-Hour Film Project. And you have teams of people that get together, and they draw a genre. And then they have 24 hours to produce a film, write it, produce it, get people to be in it, all that kind of thing. And so that um, that's where that picture came from. And it, in a nutshell, is basically like a revenge type movie. Um, all of these, all of these um, assassins, basically, it's kind of like Kill Bill, really. Now that I think about it, I didn't see that when I, we were filming it, but it's kind of like Kill Bill. So all these assassins get together, and they basically kill me. And I oh. come back from the dead, and one by one, I bump off all of them. And so Joy was one of the folks who was in on uh, snuffing me out, 
and uh, that was a picture at the beginning of our fight scene. <laughs> and yes, we oh. had actual fight scenes and used some claws and swords and those sorts of things. And uh, yeah, I'm not ready to be anyone's professional stunt double yet, but with a little more practice, you know, I might be able to pull some of that off. So okay, that's that here's your question. So wait, Des is an actress? Oh, I don't know that I would claim that I'm an actress, but uh, I had fun pretending to be one. <laughs> For sure. I got For what sure. They're about. Hold on. What's going on over there? Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> are those Wolverine claws? Those are Wolverine claws. Aren't those the best? <laughs> Oh my and and yes, for anyone who's wondering, Joy is a uh, she's a little person, and she's a phenomenal athlete. She is <laughs> takes her uh, her bodybuilding very seriously, and not only is her name Joy, but she is a joy to be around. So yes, she um, she was trying to fight me with Wolverine claws. Release yeah. date. What did you say, KP? The release date? The release date? Um, you know, I'm not sure that it gets released publicly, but if I can get a hold of a version of it that is small enough to upload to Facebook, I will I will definitely try and do that. But, or uh, email. Anyway, it was, or email. Or email, or however way we can get it out there. So I will check into that and see what's what with that. Um, because I know they they show it to a small group, you know, for all the people local. You buy tickets, you can see, you know, everyone's films. But uh, I don't know that they're actually ever published anywhere. What did you say? I have to drive to Iowa to watch it. Uh, you might. You might. I'll get I, you the details, I'm, though, okay? Okay, make sure you get to it. Bring your future wifey, and it'll be fun. Not a problem. She'll be happy to get there out there. There we go. I tell you what, but we'll wait till the, uh, the weather calms I'm down a little bit. I tell you what. Okay, so, uh, we have so, in Iowa saying, hey, don't forget about us. Des has to remember, put it in her calendar, that she will let everyone in Iowa know so they can come watch. <laughs> awesome. I will definitely let everyone know how they can uh, how they can view it. So we'll get that out there, guys. But, yeah, it was a okay. lot of fun. Killed us. So there's that. All right. <laughs> killed us. <laughs> killed us. No, don't kill Dez. I was already killed, and I, I don't want to do that again. I like I like and life. Choose yeah. life, people. Choose life. So yeah, choose death. life. So anyway, folks, um, Moving on tonight, because we're already about 10 minutes into the show, so we want to be sure we get hey, all good stuff covered, because... What? They wanted to know. Don't get mad at me. I didn't know what they were talking about. No, I'm looked. not mad. I'm not. No, I'm not mad at all. I'm just trying to mm-hmm. move us along. I'm not mad. I'm happy to answer questions. I'm... I Yeah. It's, it was cool. Now... Like I said, I'm not an actress, so if you look at it and be like, oh, my gosh, she's not going to win awards anytime soon, you are correct. All right, I'll just put that <laughs> out there right now. But we we did, we did have a lot of fun. And, uh, yep, that's all of my hair and all its glory when it's big and, and fluffy and not as straight as I usually wear it. <laughs> that is all mine. If anybody else was asking, that is all my hair. So anyway, and and then there's that. <laughs> so okay, I am gonna I am gonna move us on because there is one other point that needs to be made before we totally derail ourselves. And this is in 2018. Uh, Kaylin was on. requested. One oh more. my goodness. Okay, what's up? What's up? Can't you even consider being part of the Wakanda? For the Black Panther too. Oh, wouldn't that be? I hey, if they would take me, I would consider it. I'm all in, even if I'm the you know very minor <laughs> background person that's just looking lost in the crowd. I would love 
to do that. Now, would I shave my head to do that? They would have to pay me a lot of money to shave all of my hair off. But I, that's no, not out of green, that's green, not out of fine. consideration. <laughs> What'd you say? I said they could do green screen with a little head wrap. You'd be fine. <laughs> okay, we'll do it that way. But heck yeah, if they make a Black Panther too, I would be all about it. Um, all Get right. Up. So. <laughs> Getting back to what I'm trying to say here. So last year, there was a request for Kalen Patterson to do the opening promo to a Marvin Gaye song. And while I think there was a little bit of an attempt, I don't really think you pulled it off. Oh, I did. Uh, I remember you trying, and then you're like, I just can't really find the right song to do it. So you never really did the whole promo. And I feel like we just didn't really do that request justice. So I'm almost thinking in 2019, we need to try it again. And when we say we, I mean you. No, we <laughs> is us. You're going to do background. We is there us. we go. I'm going to do background. <laughs> All right. Well, I tell, I tell you what, if Kalen Patterson comes up with a solid Marvin Gaye Curtis intro, great, I will be I will be the shoe wop girl in the background. I, I will do that. Curtis All right, Start practicing uh, over the weekend. All right, we're gonna start practicing. We'll get it done here in the next couple couple of weeks. All right, folks. So. This is part two of our uh, two-parter top ten countdown of our ten most popular interviews of the year. And these are based on number of listens, downloads, which interviews garnered the most attention. So on Tuesday, we started with the the first five, ten through six. We had... um, John Morris and Debbie Portell with Integrity Fitness talking about uh, John's transformation story, which then transformed into a love story for those two. We had Cliff Wilson and Peter Fitchin talking about their book coming in at number nine, Bodybuilding, the Complete Contest Prep Handbook. And for the life of me, if you remember, Kaylin, I was trying to remember what they said were like the highlights or parts of the book that um, they thought people would find most surprising. And I couldn't remember it, so I had to go back out in the archive and check it out. Um, and I looked it up, but do you, I'm going to put KP on the line. Do you, did, 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 that's all, folks. Yibbity, 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 That's what happened. Is that what happened? Well, I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish with the corner. Did you recall any of the things that they shared that they thought people would be surprised? Okay. (laughs) All right. So here it goes. So here it goes. Two things that they thought um, would stand out in their book. Um, First, other than nutrition and training, um, show selection is a key component of a good competition season. So in addition to all of the weightlifting and the prep, your show selection or the nutrition, I should say, that's all part of the prep, show selection is equally important. And then the other thing that they thought will be a surprise to people is the information that they drop in their peak week chapter. So two different chapters in the book, show selection yeah. and peak week, they think will be the most surprising to readers. So you can pre-order the book now on Amazon, and I believe, if I remember correctly, um, it's due to drop in April. Yes. So just wanted to give that update um, from that show. Um and then coming in at number eight, we had Heather Owen talking about being female in the fitness industry. Number seven was Tom Kayat uh, giving us a lowdown on all of the DFAC announcements for 2018. And then at number six was Alistair Nash, the uh, overall bodybuilding winner for the Upstate New York show. So those were our first five interviews. And uh, now we're ready to count down five through one. Kalen Patterson, are you ready? Drum roll. Drum roll. <laughs> Coming in at number five, 
we have Mr. Earl the Pearl Snyder. He yes. was with us on uh, July 10th talking about judging criteria leading into the P4P. Pete, give us a lowdown yeah. on what stood out most to you during that interview. Uh, what for me is basically having his consistent – I mean, he doesn't have a script. This man lives what he says and he says what he lives. And Daz and I have both had the opportunity to be under him as uh, judges with his uh, with him taking the lead on it, and he is so consistent in that. And and just hearing him, you know, voice to the people exactly what he's telling us backstage to me, it just means so much because I have always been afraid of people that speak well in public, but when the the lights cut out, you know, do they change into something else and morph into this other person? And for Earl, it's always the same guy. He really wants the competitors to to represent their best and be judged because of it and accordingly. And to just hear that and and know what he's saying to us when the cameras aren't rolling, I should say, or or when nothing's being recorded, and still be that same individual with the same passion, with the same energy, and with the same love, that just makes me love him even more because it, it's just remarkable to see how he can just stay on the pace that he does and still be consistent in how he's going about uh, doing the shows and judging the competitors. That's- yep, no doubt. I agree with everything that Kalen said. Earl is always a uh, a pleasure to have on the show but to also work with on the judging front. A couple of the things that uh, stood out to me that I remember is that uh, one of the things that he shared with us is that the NGA, because Earl is um, a part of the NGA leadership there, um, is that they were rolling out new criteria for the judges, meaning that, you know, a panel of judges at any given show, they had to score within, oh, what was that, 80 or 85%, I believe, um, in consistency in order to be able to come back and judge another show. So meaning that, you know, if 80% of the scores that they um, gave to athletes did not match what the other judges were putting down, then they would be dropped down. They would be dropped out of um, the option to be a judge until they could get their scores to be more consistent with the other judges. And I know, you know, one of the questions was, well, is that kind of just like, you know, if there's that kind of pressure on the judges um, to give a certain score, doesn't that just mean that, you know, they'll look at what the guy next to them is scoring and just follow that? And it's it's not at all because what the due process was aiming for is to encourage consistency in interpreting the criteria. And that's really what it comes down to. So if all the judges are on the same page in interpreting what the criteria is, then they should be close in their judging anyway. It doesn't mean that they're all going to be identical, but, you know, the top three athletes on a given stage, every judge should have them somewhere in the top three, not way down at number 10 or, you know, vice versa. You know, there needs to be a level of consistency, and it all comes down to the criteria and how well each judge is able to identify how each each athlete measures up to that criteria. Kaylin? Yeah, I, I was going to say that, uh, you know, so basically he's saying you need to have at least a B or above grade to be judging people. And I'm saying, yeah, that's exactly what you need because these people have worked their behinds off and then they're being placed in a position that they don't deserve simply because the scoring is bad. I can't ever see where that would be something that's acceptable and I think every organization should be under that format or under that understanding because it's it's truly a crime when you have competitors not knowing what's going on, when they know what a first-place first physique looks like on stage and off. I mean, like, you know, we, we've spoken about how it can change backstage as far as, uh, you know, how they look and how they present themselves on stage. But if the presentation on stage is exactly what it needs to be, even the competitors are saying, you know, what the heck is going on? Because if that's not first place, then I'm, I got it totally wrong. And then they change the format, and then we go back to where somebody gets on stage again, 
and then they do it correctly, and now it's no longer a first-place look. Now, you might not have every competitor doing the same shows as these judges, but if they keep falling under the understanding of those judges and the scoring that they're doing and they're not consistent, then everything falls offline. And this is what Earl was speaking about when he said, you know, you, you're, you're damaging the sport more than you're helping it by basically if anyone is playing favorites, then they do need to be removed. Or if you have someone that's basically out of line with the scoring, then they do need to be moved out of the way. I don't care how many years they've had, and I think Earl had spoken about that on the show, is that it wasn't about, you know, how long you've been around the sport. If you don't know how to score it, then you don't deserve to sit in the judges' seat. Yeah. Yep. No, I think you hit it. So that show was on July 10th, 2018. You can find it in the archives under that date in uh, Earl Snyder. And uh, take a listen to it. A lot of good information there. I know another one of the questions, not to uh, belabor on this one show too long, but was uh, whether or not it would have been a conflict of interest um, for Kaylin and I to compete in P4P undefeated, um, especially if, like Earl Snyder, was the head judge again. And and, uh, where we left that was is, you know, (laughs) not at all. simply because, you know, the judges come in and do the job that they need to do, whether they know someone on stage or not, or at least they should. I mean, and that's the whole point of it. And I've been judged by my peers, and uh, I've been judged by people I did not know at all on the judging panel. And I would say, you know, being judged by my peers, I probably place lower than the reverse. So I don't think that being judged by my peers has ever helped me out one iota, and I would say the same for Kaylin. So it's just a matter of being ethical about your judging process. And even if you know every judge on the panel that's before you, we're still going to trust them to do their job and judge us accordingly, just like they would every other athlete, whether they are great friends with us, whether they've ever been on our show or, you know, or even if they don't like us because of something we said on our show, we still expect them to judge fairly regardless of how they may feel about us personally based on the package that we put on the stage as compared to everybody else. So that's kind of where that's at. Got anything to add to that, Kaylin? Well, yeah, and, uh, you know, if if it gets to the point of, like you're saying, where we're scared to do our job, then that goes back to another point that Earl had made, that the industry and the sport lose it. There's no way to do wrong and expect right to come from it. And like I said, you know, Dad and I have heard Earl so many times uh, in the industry speaking about this, and he's very adamant. And I love the fact that about his consistency and that you will get better to make sure that the competitors are being are getting their just dues because it's it's just not fair. And he's a competitor. I mean, he just retired. And, you know, as a, as a former competitor, he knows what that strain and stress is like. And he I don't think he's ever going to forget it just because of his passion. So everything he's doing is for the best of the, uh, for the industry, and it will take out that you know, ineffective scoring where you feel like you have to be partial for somebody. Because if it's not lining up with the other judges, then guess what? You might get away with that one time but you won't damage anyone else in the future. Yes. Amen to that, brother. All right. So that was number five. Moving on to (laughs) number four. Drum roll, please. (laughs) (laughs) The number four spot goes to our interview with Melissa Johnson on March 13th, 2018, and she was talking to us about realistic time frames to start your prep and still be in a good position to be ready to compete. Kaylin, how oh, important is that? Well, the biggest thing is, and, and, and Melissa has spoken on it as well, is that there's an idea of a show that's local or close, and, and everybody wants to do that because they want their family or friends to come out and see it. And then there's the truth of when you're likely to be prepared to be an actual competitor on stage. And if those don't line up, it's going to be a train wreck. And I've seen some really sad times and moments where, let's say, the competitor did exactly what they were supposed to but didn't practice the posing because the diet had to be on point exactly. I mean, you, you start cutting corners, 
and you start doing things that won't necessarily line up to a first place physique. And it's sad because there's so many family members and friends that are watching, and then it all falls apart right in front of everybody. So it's a really bitter, sweet moment. And the sweetness comes from actually stepping on stage, but the bitter comes from the placing, and it's not a good uh, situation for anyone involved. And there's going to be a lot of bellyache and complaining, and social media basically catches the brunt of it because people are saying they were robbed, cheated, and how dare somebody basically not pick me and appoint me first. And that's all it's going to be. And she was basically speaking about that, you know, coming in with an understanding and talking and doing your research and doing your background and then going in with all the knowledge and all the information and have a better understanding of what you're getting into. That's Yeah, I mean, no doubt. So just a little bit of background about Melissa. She is a retired world champion figure physique pro. Um, She competed for more than 15 years. She's still a weight loss and prep coach. And so on that show, we actually had a couple of listeners um, dial in, and they had just started their prep. They were maybe like a week or two weeks into it. And granted, this show was March 13th, remember, and their coaches were telling them that they were going to be ready for a late April, mid-May show. Now, what I don't recall is, and I think they were first-time competitors, and maybe it was bikini, and so maybe they could have been ready, but basically rule of thumb that Melissa was sharing with us is that, you know, she didn't know where this whole magic 12-week number was, but if you start a prep 12 weeks out, you will surely be ready. (laughs) And she said the only time that ever really rings true is if you already have all the right tools in place. If you um, already have a good amount of muscle already built up, if you have – you know, a grasp on your weight, meaning you don't have a ton, a ton of weight to lose that, you know, you're already kind of conditioned, somewhat lean, you know, in 12 weeks, you probably can lean down without losing muscles if you have everything else in place. But if you're starting from scratch, 12 weeks is not enough time. Otherwise, you're going to end up losing your muscle along with your fat because you're cutting too soon. And then, you're going to be super exhausted doing a ton of cardio and probably hating life instead of enjoying the process. So, you know, you have to give yourself plenty of time. Now, she said at least a 16-week prep at a minimum, but that's really, again, only if you're a seasoned competitor and have had a productive off-season. Now, sometimes you have freaks of nature who just have that physique. They just we've have the genetics, the- whatever it is you want to call it, and we've had them on the show, and they can pull off the Hail Mary. I don't happen to be one of those athletes. I, but there I, are people that can pull it off, uh, just not a lot of them. Kaylin? Yeah, and, you know, it's everybody, when they want to begin, they think it's going to be an easy thing, whatever. And I spoke about this on the show as well, about playing sports. You know, it always looks easy until you have to get in the game yourself. And then a lot of things change, and we find out about life. We find out about, uh, you know, job. We find about all the things we never pictured, just gym and diet, and everything was going to work out, and you were going to get this first-place trophy, and everything was going to be miraculous, and all your family would love you, and then Santa would come and put you on the front of his sleigh. And it's just not working out that way. And, and it's, it's a lot of people, like Dad was saying, that can just step up. And, you know, because of everything they've done, you know, whether they have a sports background, boxing, uh, just an active lifestyle, and their body basically just transforms a lot sooner than a lot of the others. And they, they do magically walk off with that first place trophy and the sword, especially at the Shack Town Show. Oh, you know? my gosh, that sword. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, anywho. But it's just one of those things that doesn't always ring true for every, you know, first-time, first-competitor winner. There's maybe 2,000, 3,000 people on that same day, considering the region, that are not winning and are not placing, and they're just blasting, you know, everybody and anybody because they feel they look their best, which they do, but they're not looking like a first-place winner or even top five. So, you know, it's... It's it's always good to, you know, do your research, and we've got plenty of people. I always think about uh, Julia Hubbard. I always think about, 
Hibbert. I think it's Hibbert. I think I said her name wrong. Hubbard? Hibbert? Help me out there. Hubbard. Hubbard. Okay. Julie Hubbard. Hub. Uh, a hub. <laughs> like a hub cat. She's gone. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, uh, Angela Yo, where they're doing the research they need for the particular show that they're doing. And they get so in-depth that sometimes they confuse the, the judges and the promoter because they don't even get that far into the criteria, which is uh, frightening when you think about it. But anyway, it's also something that they're doing to make sure they're bringing the correct package and, and proper and, and giving themselves the time to give that correct package. Because if you're tired and exhausted, it shows on stage. And there's nothing worse than someone shaking incredibly bad with a great physique and watching it go away because they didn't have the, the proper diet to, you know, sustain that look for the duration of the posing and the show. It's, it's never a good thing to see, and it's really sad to watch somebody fall apart. I've seen it happen more times than I can count, and it's just not a good thing for a first-place physique to go through the quarter turns and watch it go from second, third, to fourth. So, you know, do yeah. your research, your diet correctly, and make sure that you have the time for your body to adjust because there's nothing worse than massive weight gain and massive weight loss on the health factor, much less the, the stage factor. So, you know, we, we have to consider our bodies when we're doing these things. We're not just uh, going out there as lumps of clay and somebody basically shaping us and we're able to maintain it for our duration. These these are living, <laughs> this is living tissue it responds in different ways on different days, especially with women and the hormones and that time of the month with their flow. So we got to make sure that we're uh, helping our bodies help us and in, in getting to stage at the correct time. Yes? There you have it. So that was our number four spot, Melissa Johnson, again, March 13th. Hold on. All right. Hold, oh, hold on. What's up? Uh, I'll give this one to Dez. What the heck does Kaylin mean by inflow? Dad, you can answer that. Oh, no. You brought it up, Kaylin. You go ahead and answer it. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I, I, it's going to be a long <laughs> I think he already answered it when he when he um, led into that with that time of the month. Yes. There you go. I think you got it. Story. And if you if you still don't understand it from there, go ask your mom. <laughs> there you go. And there you at. I tell you what. I tell you what. Just laying down all kinds of lingo tonight, Kalen Patterson. Yes. If we have enough time at the end of the show, I'll share a, a funny story about this. All right. Sounds good. Uh, rolling on, and with that, the drum roll leading us into number three. <laughs> The number three spot tonight goes to Bikini Pro Jesse Ostrowski. This show you can locate in the archive on August 14, 2018. We had Jesse on the show following P4P Undefeated, where she took a phenomenal third place in the pro lineup, a stacked pro lineup, I must say. Yes. And uh, she did this Wonder Woman tea walk that was out of this world. And uh, so Jessie was just sharing her, her story with us and how she got started and just about her journey up to that point. Yes. Oh, my goodness. That outfit she had was perfect for that night, perfect for her. It, it, wow. I mean, just wow. And uh, that's if, if all of our listeners can remember, that was our – we had DMC up there, and she was rocking the house herself. I remember a lot of the videos, she's up there doing her thing, being Delroy. So it's always nice <laughs> to have her as a backdrop because it's a lot of fun happening on stage and backstage with her in the background. So I am a very big fan. I loved it. I love uh, what Jessie did. I love my PIC uh, in the background doing her thing as well. And, you know, I think the P4P boys had posted a video recently of yes. that Ewok um, of Jesse Ostrowski out there. And, yeah, I was probably dancing in the background. Uh, I think I was caught quite a few times dancing while all of the Ewoks were going on. So. I almost threw everything away. <laughs> 
So we'll have to take a look and see if we can't find that video and post it on. Uh, oh, in fact, I'm looking at it right now. I am going to share that on P4P Muscle and the uh, P4P Real Talk with Desiree and Kaylin Facebook pages. And then um, while I'm doing that, though, the other thing that um, really struck me about that interview with Jesse, and it's not that she shared anything um, out of the ordinary, but it was the fact that she hadn't shared anything out of the ordinary, and that was she got started in bodybuilding um, coming out of a bad relationship. And I don't know how many um, athletes we've interviewed, female athletes in particular, where we ask them, you know, what got them on their path? How did they get started? And just several of them, it's following, coming out of a bad relationship and just using health and wellness and, you know, particularly strength training as that, as not not that, but as one of the tools that just help them kind of mm-hmm. regain themselves, regain their confidence, help them to find who they were again, and kind of pull them out of this hole that they were left in from the emotional situation that they just terminated. Yes. Um, one of the things that I've been very outspoken about is the fact about the control factor competitors, especially women, that are struggling with their own identity. Um, The one thing they tend to overlook is also the loss of their own humanity because the people that control them have to strip them of that in order to basically gain control and hold them down. Um, It's it's a a long-going process. It takes years to basically corner them but there's a lot of breaking down that happens in that process. And, you know, on the outside looking in, everybody tends to say, you know, well, if they should have done this or they should have done that, you don't know their story, you don't know the situation, the fact that they were able to gather the strength and all of the loss and still find a way to gather their humanity back in some kind of way, some shape or form, get out of it is an amazing thing, and it should be applauded and it should be supported. Uh, many times it's uh, different. Uh, I think sometimes I've heard people say, well, you know, you got to remember the financing. They make most of the money, so why, what are you going to go to when all that is gone? So, you know, there's a lot of things that people don't think about when they're saying things because it basically takes away even more of their humanity. And in that struggle, they're dying inside. And thankfully they don't take uh, the route of suicide, they chose the route of health offenders. So we need to basically uplift it, support it, and bring out the beast and the best in these people as they go about their life change for the better because it's not an easy thing to do. When you talk about children as well being involved, it makes it even a harder and tougher decision. And even though it might seem like an easy thing to do for someone else on the outside, it's not so much that way in reality. Yes? Nope, you got to. And and like I was saying, most of the women that we hear from that go through this, um, it doesn't mean that this situation is exclusive to them. There have been a couple of men that have gotten out of oh, that yeah. relationship, and they turn to strength training, health and wellness to kind of piece themselves back together too. So, I mean, it's just it's just one of those things. But until you start to hear it over and over again – you just don't realize how important, you know, health exactly. and wellness, improving your your body um, can help with also improving your mental state and your spiritual state as well. So, you know, building your temple, it's it's important stuff, and it helps people in a lot of different ways. So there your you have it, folks. Temp- That's our, your body is a temple. <laughs> you got to build it. Yeah. You have to build so you it. got to get a shirt like that. <laughs> Yeah. I, I tell you what, there's a lot of shirts we've been talking about we should have made. We should have made. Oh, hey, this reminds me, I got to digress for one second, but this reminds me of a, a Facebook post that we put on our Sunless Ninja Facebook page, Ivy Potter, and it said uh, we kept rallying, or I should say I kept rallying, rallying. Uh, rallying is not the word. Why do I keep saying that? But I wanted her to make a T-shirt that said, I got naked with Ivy Potter in 2017 or 2018. (laughs) (laughs) 
And it never happened. And I don't believe I did get naked with Ivy Potter in 2018, but it would have been a great shirt, and I would definitely sport it if I had one. I would rock it. Ivy Potter, if you're listening, I would still like one of those shirts. And for those of you who don't understand it, Ivy Potter is a professional tanner. And when you tan, you are naked. The men's are naked. The women's are naked. Everybody's naked. We're not naked together, but you're ultimately naked while these people spray cold solution on your body and then stick you in front of a very cold fan and want you to dry without wrinkles. Yeah, a lot of emoji with the white eyes. A lot of emoji with the white eyes. Um, <laughs> yeah, this that's in how the works. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. Ah, uh, shoot! But yeah, just just you know, go to the archives, search for Ivy Potter. You will get all of the deets, all of the deets, and uh, even in one of the uh, interviews, I know we're talking about. Uh, Oh, what did they call them? Um, I can't think of it now. Garments, garments, garments. What did they call them? Um, It'll come to me. We're going to move on. It'll come to me. But basically for the guys who um, are a little more shy than maybe some of the others, they have little socks (laughs) that they can put on their parts. (laughs) They don't want those tanned and those hanging out while they're getting tanned. Which I just think is hilarious. (laughs) But anyway, there you have it. I tell you what. (laughs) I'm not even saying what they're putting down for emoji now. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, shoot. I wish I could remember. Yeah, there we go. I wish I could remember. It's going to come to me. It's something garments. Um, anyway, moving on. <laughs> Drum roll, Kalen. <laughs> I can't even do it now. You got me laughing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our number two show of 2018. We are just one away from our number one show, guys. And this show hit the airwaves on June 7th, and it was with one of our faves. Of course, they're all our faves. I love all of our guests, Um, even the the ones who cut up. They're still on my favorite list. Um, This one is Dr. Joe Klimzeski, and he was talking with us about intermittent fasting. And even though Dr. Joe is very humble, he is really one of the pioneers that that pushed – Oh, my gosh, why am I having another brain fade here? That push, if it fits your flexible dieting, oh, my gosh, I'm having issues. That push flexible dieting to the forefront. Now, he will say that, you know, he didn't come up with it. He was just one of the first people to really start talking about it. But, really, he was instrumental in giving uh, flexible dieting bones and making it known and talking to people about it and really just kind of fine-tuning and perfecting it. A lot of other professionals out there, but he was one of the most vocal, so I still give him props for that. But uh, on this particular show, he was talking to us about intermittent fasting, the ins and outs of it, and uh, all of that good stuff. And I know, Kaylin, you have some very um, specific thoughts on intermittent fasting yourself. Yes. Um, honestly, what Dr. Joe was talking about is the one thing that I was coming from as well. I Granted, it's going to work for somebody, but there has to be research, there has to be documentation, and it can't be a gimmick. And this, you know, I, I know we were talking about the keto, we were talking about this, the not eating, the fasting, you know, not eating in the morning. There's just so much damage that can be done to a body. And it can't be a one-size-fits-all. And that's what he was trying to express, and that's one thing that I've always been talking about because I've seen people's, I mean, their their livelihood suffer, their bodies suffer, their families suffer because they're trying out the next new gimmick. And it's just frightening. It's honestly frightening when you think about you're willing to compete, risking your health, risking your family, risking your friends, risking your job. I mean, just so many negatives that can come out of this because you're basically taking a risk with the intent 
of basically stepping on stage to do what? If, if the outcome is basically causing everything harm to your body, to your mind, to your friends, I just don't understand it, and I never will. And, it, you know, there's going to be people that can defend this, and, got, you know, we had it happen with the show as well, where people were saying, well, you know, I, I think this is the best thing since uh, sliced bread. I get it. it. It works for you. You're one of the few. But like we said, if you, you have the one person that can step on stage and win, you have 2,000 that basically have to work a lot harder and a lot longer because their bodies aren't adjusted to what they're asking it to do. Same thing with your diet. I just don't understand how you can put it at such a risk and then say because it worked for one person, then, you know, it's worth it. I'm saying for all the people that suffer for it to work for that one person, I question the sanity of that, saying this is a successful thing. And I think, Des, you brought it up on that show where, you know, how how we're coming to this conclusion where it's worth 500 diets to get one diet correctly. I just don't see the equality in that. You know, and this was it. It was a topic where it was is really highly charged, and I think there's a couple things that you know. If you haven't listened to the interview, you're going to want to go back and listen to it because yes. we talked about yes, yes. We talked about intermittent fasting. We talked versus paleo versus keto. They're all they're all different. They all do different things. Um, one mm. of the main things that Dr. Joe had brought up is there is really no scientific evidence that intermittent fasting is going to help you build mass faster. It's not there. Yes. There's really no scientific research related to intermittent fasting and bodybuilding at all. Now, you will find research about intermittent fasting and insulin resistance and intermittent fasting and or obesity. Those are out there. And I think Kaylin and I differ a little bit in the fact that he's, as you can hear, not really a fan of any of this at all. From a bodybuilding perspective, um, I don't. I I would agree. I don't really think that intermittent fasting um, really works. Um, I think it has a place for people with very specific yes. health conditions, um, so as well as I think keto has a place with very specific health conditions. And so sometimes people with those health conditions are also bodybuilders, but it's not for. Um, especially keto, I think the mainstream just to do. I think intermittent fasting does have benefits in in specific scenarios, um, and I even do it from time to time, but not from a bodybuilding perspective. Um, there you go. It's more from an overall health and wellness approach. Mm-hmm. Um, so just For to learn more about that topic good. in general. Yep, take a listen to the interview because there's a lot to it. And, there's, and the, you know, one of the things that we had covered is that a lot of people have different views on what intermittent fasting actually is. You know, and some keto. people it's a time-restricted thing. Yeah, some people it's carb restriction. Other people it's number of meals restricted. So, you know, there's just a lot of varying approaches to it, different views on it and how it should be done. And there's still just not a whole lot of research on it and maybe there won't be a lot of scientific research on it. There's not scientific research on lots of stuff that's out there. That doesn't make it bad. It doesn't make it good. But it does mean that you can't just listen to one person or you can't just listen to Kayla and I and say, well, that's good. I'm going to do that. Or that's bad. I'm not right. going to do that. You do got to your do your homework all the way across the board. That's right. Five that's years crazy. into this thing and yep. one thing that hasn't changed, we always are going to say, do your homework, do your research, figure it out, yes. what works best for your body. Because what works best for my body is going to be different from what works best for Kaylin's body, for what works best for your body. There are some universal truths that are just truth across the board for everyone, but those are few and far in between, and the rest of it, everyone's an individual, and your bodies are different. And so you have to understand your body first and foremost and then make choices from there. Back to the body temple. And uh, one of the things that Dr. Joe did was that, you know, a lot of things that are being presented as keto aren't keto. A lot of things that are presented as intermittent fasting isn't really intermittent fasting. You're starving. So, you know, you, you have to do your research. You've you got to ask 
and you're going to be asking some tough questions because it is your body, it is your health. And, you know, blind trust is, is, is not even asked for from God. He says to try him. Try me and see mm-hmm. if, if what I'm saying is, is valid or valuable to your life. If, if God's saying to do it, what, what makes a coach exist when, when they're saying, well, you know, this is because I say it's my money and it's my body. Don't you have any say in, in, in either one of those forms? I tell you what, you better. And there you have it. (laughs) I tell you what. And, again, intermittent fasting is not keto. Keto is not intermittent fasting, and it's not paleo, and it's not any other diet form. It is what it is in and of itself. So you can't be following a keto regimen and say you're intermittent fasting. It's it's not the same. Yay. 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 Yay! It's not the same. So just keep that in mind, folks. And, you know, with all things, we're going to have our personal opinion, but that's why we bring other individuals in on the show who um, are doing a lot of research and delving into topics as well, and they balance us all out, and we all walk away with a little more perspective than we had before. Yeah. Pioneers. Yeah. Book writers. Pioneers. Studiers. Researchers. Yes. So yeah. Yes. If we don't know coaches, all of the above. There you go. There you have it. All right, Kayla. Oh, we oh, are here. No. Oh no. Uh oh, what happened? Oh, what happened? Oh. <laughs> you mean to tell me you guys have great guests and you still consider T S one of them? You know what? I am going They're to never say yes. They're not. And that show, how many years ago was that show now? Uh-oh. It's been at least a couple. And was it a great interview? No. But I have no problem with yes as just a person understanding who he was. Was the interview great? Nope. Were you guys mad at us because you felt like we didn't control it well enough? Yep. Is this live radio? Sure is. <laughs> is it always going to turn out the way we want it to? Sure won't. <laughs> but I'm not going to totally throw him under the bus because he had a bad interview. And I'm yeah, not going to do it. <laughs> because I really think, you know, if it's real talk and we have the guest on, you don't just cut it short because we don't like what he's saying. We asked him to come on the show. He said he had things he wanted to voice his opinion about. Um, definitely the show steered away from the topic. And, uh, you know, that, that's that's live talk. That's live, that's live radio. I mean, we, we don't edit it. Uh, we don't sit there and script it. And uh, thank God that we give the list, I mean, the, the, the guests the chance to speak their minds because for the most part, they do so successfully. This is one of those where, you know. <laughs> it wasn't successful. It was not. Yeah, but here we are two years, three years later still talking about it. So there is something about that show that has resonated yeah. on some level, even if it's only the level of don't do that to us again. We're not to go. <laughs> We're not trying. And if you notice, we haven't done it again, right? Or at least not purposely, not knowingly. So, hey, you know, we hear you. Oh, and and real quick here, I did remember the phrase that I was trying to come up with for those little socks, and they were called modesty garments. That's what it was. (laughs) And they were little socks. (laughs) I don't even know how they would stay on. I truly don't. I don't know what the purpose was. If they do, it, you 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 have more problems with modesty than modesty. So uh, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> oh, you just had to go there. <laughs> whoop, whoop. This is real talk, real talk. All right, drum roll. I don't even want to know what emojis are coming in now. Drum roll. Oh, number one. You don't want to know. You do not want to know. I don't. <laughs> And here we go. This is the moment you've been waiting for this week. 
our number one interview, most listened to, most downloaded show of 2018 was on September 27th with Delaney Berger turning tragedy into triumph, talking to us about his road he was taking to the natural Olympia through all of the struggles he was having because dude basically lost his eyesight. Had an uh, illness that overtook him, and he's he's legally blind. And through that, he has become a pro bodybuilder. And um, he made it to the Olympia this year, guys. He qualified while he may not have finished top five. He made it there, and he achieved his goal. And this is a man, do you know what sticks out so much, Jimmy Kalen? This is what sticks out about Delaney is that this man loves his family. I mean, yes, his, his blindness led him on this road to bodybuilding that he pursued and that his wife ultimately ended up pursuing and has become a champion bodybuilder as well through it all. But it really made him appreciate all that he has in his life, and his wife has been there to support him, his kids. I mean, and how many times was he crying through the show? I mean, really, oh, I because can't. he was just so emotional about how much he loves his wife and his sons and why he's doing what he's doing and just to be an example for them and how much love and support he draws from his entire family. I mean, he had us about crying I don't know how many times through the show. The guy is so genuinely emotional and loving and appreciative of everything that he has. I cried. You cried, yeah. yeah it did. was it was I mean, it was it was touching. And he even developed a video about his road to the Olympia and I know we've shared that on our Facebook pages. Um but yeah, Delaney Berger, B E R G E R, check him out. Um, search for him, and you will see more information about him and how he has done this year um, on the pro stage. But again, August, not August, September 27th is uh, when his interview went live, so check for that in the archives. Went live in the archives. I love it. Love it. And and that's it, guys. We've got about a little over two minutes left. And uh, that was 2018 in a nutshell. But, I mean, we covered so many more topics than that. I mean, we covered, we had uh, Peter Constantino, who has lost lots and lots of weight and keeps competing on the transformation stage and this, all of the struggles with everything that he has gone through. Um, we've had bullying. We've had documentaries. We've had... What have we had, Kaylin? What else have we talked about over the year? I mean, just go there. Just go there because we've covered the gamut. And, uh, oh, a big shout-out to Melinda for uh, helping us with the part one of our our part uh, part two, and part one and part two, and she did an excellent job. And, uh, guys, don't be afraid to go over and listen to our sister's show. She did an excellent job. Whatever we don't get, because I know we're going to be borrowing one of her guests sometime this year, so uh, stay we're tuned trying. for that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. We are trying. He hasn't quite responded to us yet. I, I, I think he's probably still trying to figure out uh, <laughs> if we're legit or not. But, hey, dude, we're here 500 shows strong. We want to get you on. Um, we talked about special right. classes of people, cancer survivors, um, vaccines, uh, posing schools. I mean, just everything. We talked about um, stem cell therapy. I mean, my gosh, sometimes I'm just amazed at some of the guests that we have on the show and the topics that we cover. Right. It's uh, uh, it's really just a humbling experience. Yeah, we talked about genetics versus hard work and, you know, body types and eating for your body types and just, I just, Amazing bags and clothing. The the list just goes on and on and on. Right. And on. Yeah. That's what we got. And then all the amazing men and women that are on our show tearing up the stages week in and week out during uh, competition season. It's really an honor 
to be here with you, Kaylin Patterson, and with all of you in listener land. Let's keep it going. Yes. We we honestly can't do worse than to get. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we haven't yet. (laughs) Let's just put it that way. And hopefully we never will. Hopefully we never will. So anyway, guys, thanks for counting 2018 down with us. We hope to be able to uh, raise the bar uh, at a minimum, keep the bar up where it is. We don't, we're not looking at going backwards. That's really not an option. But uh, just hoping to have more great topics, more great people. And uh, as always, if there's something you want to hear about, let us know. We will do our best to get a show geared towards that topic. And, um, you know, let's keep spreading around the world. We got yeah. it. We got a few more countries we could be getting into, so let's do it. You know, it, it sounds right. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, on behalf of Kalen Patterson, the boys from P4P Muscle, and myself, your body is a temple. So let's build it. With Snickerdoodle.